Washington football team fans. Excuse me. I do that every time. Washington Commander fans. What is up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Bleeding B&G podcast. We finally made it to episode 50. And for episode 50, I have a special guest. I have super producer, super producer from the Team 980, <laughs> formerly of the Travis Thomas show. I guess I got to ask him of his future endeavors. I ain't heard him on the, on the airwaves in the last couple of days. But my guy, Anthony Haney from the Team 980. How you doing, my guy? I'm good, man. Definitely a pleasure to be on the uh, the podcast. Um, and yeah, my future is up in the air. Uh, I mean, I guess in terms of like what show I'll be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I haven't been on the, the airways too much. I'm gonna fix them. I'm gonna get back on the airways. So got to. Uh, just be listening out. Got to, got to. Cause like like I've been saying, we we have a lot of things in common. Just listening through you, listening to you on other podcasts and things like that. So how old are you? 25. So we're, we're about the same age range. I'm 26. You graduated, what, class of 2014, I'm guessing? Yes, sir. And then I graduated 2013. But I also have my bachelor's, I mean, my undergrad degree in broadcast journalism. And it's not too, too crazy to meet anybody from your field. But, you know, I picked up the teaching field. But how, how did that go? How did you fall into, you know, becoming the super producer that you are on Team 980? Take us through your experience growing, you know, going to Syracuse, being a broadcast journalism major. That was actually my dream school. So, like I said, man, I'm living vicariously through you. So, tell me how, how, how that went. Tell me how that go. I ain't going to lie, though. So, I graduated Syracuse, and I ain't necessarily have a job uh, coming out of college. Um, It is definitely tough to uh, land a get in, like, the sports field. Oh, I feel like um, coming out of Newhouse, you can definitely get something in hard news. You know, you go to a smaller city. But, you know, I'm from D.C. I wanted to come back home. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had trouble at first trying to uh, find anything sports related, for real, for real. Um, so I started out actually working at Morgan Stanley. And I was an intern there. And, you know, finance, not my thing. So I had right. to get out of there. And uh, fortunately for me, the guy that I was interning under, he, uh, he knew the program director at Team 980, the old program director, because we got a new one. Um, and that's literally how I got my foot in the door. And when I was over there, you know, I was a board op at first. Um, so really, I was just coming in that night, you know, 7 to 11, watching the board. We had Orioles games on. Sometimes we had Wizards games on, things of that nature. I wasn't really doing anything, just making sure we were on the air. Mm-hmm. And um, I was actually working as a uh, substitute teacher because I'm like, I had to make ends meet. <laughs> The board off and stuff wasn't, you know, paying the bills. So I had to, uh, I was in your, you know, where, where you were, mm-hmm. uh, where, where you are right now in, uh, in the classroom. Um, I was doing that for about five, six months, just to end the school year. And then uh, when the summer hit, I got like more involved, like with the day-to-day uh, business of Team 980. So I started writing more. I got to uh, cover training camp down in Richmond. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, I was applying like the stuff I learned at Syracuse to, you know, my uh, my everyday job at, uh, at 980. And that's literally how I just, you know, um, got the ball rolling at 980 and how I got, like, more involved. I just asked, could, you know, could I write some articles? Could I do video here? Could I, um, you know, break down whatever Doc and Gaudi are doing, like do some mini, mini video series and things of that nature. So I was doing literally everything that I had learned um, at 980. And then, you know, the pandemic hit, so they fired our uh, full-time producer. So... I guess if you want to call it luck, I, I guess you could call it luck. But I essentially like stepped in and I was part time. The hours were terrible. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I was in there from like 6 a.m. to 3 p.m. some days mm-hmm. or like, you know, 9, 9 a.m. to 6 or 7 p.m. I was doing like three shows a day. 
um, as a part-time worker. Um, so I guess like I, I was rewarded for, you know, my, my service in that manner, but, um, it definitely was some long, uh, tedious hours on that, that whole COVID, uh, situation. And then I got promoted to, um, full-time producer and working with Travis and me and Travis in the 14 months we had. That, that show was rocking, man. That's one of my hey, favorite shows. Hey, I tell you. You know how it go. We needed a show for real, for real. Like, Travis kept on advocating for it. Never came to fruition. But definitely, um, Travis's presence, um, not only, like, on her, uh, the radio waves, but around the office, all that's going to be missed. Absolutely. I actually did an episode with Travis. He he was actually on episode 30. And he, he's this is crazy. This is all coming for a circle. He's gonna be he's gonna be so mad because he told me to bring him in for episode 50. So it's crazy that uh, his super producer <laughs> he dipped out on me. He dipped out on me. I couldn't book him. Yeah. So it's crazy that his super producer actually filled in in the spot that he was supposed to be in. Um, but really quickly, um, when they fired all those guys during COVID, you were in there working with Jeff, right? Yeah, Jeff. You yeah, know, Jeff? you know, I know Jeff. Me and Jeff graduated together. We went to school together. Uh, Thanks, Jeff, man. Them hours were some serious. Like, they, bro, we barely had days off, for real, for real. Trust me, I know. Like, I know. I had to keep be like, I'm sleeping in, like, in my car for a couple hours. I'm like, yep. hey, get it, though. Get it, though. Because yep. I love seeing young black men on the airways. Like I said, I'm living vicariously through y'all. I had to get in that teacher field a little early. Had to make ends meet. But definitely, I'm still pursuing that passion. When did you decide that you wanted to work in sports and things like that? I mainly probably when I was in high school. So in mm -hmm. high school, I played basketball. I used to play football. Like when I was a kid, I got to prep and they kept looking at my size. Like I was like four eleven, five <laughs> feet, but I'm like, I play pop one of football. Hoop. I was always the smallest on oh, the field, yeah, play mm -hmm. safety, play corner. But guess what? You got to learn how to hit. You got to strike. You can't be out there scared. So I got up here. I'm cooking these dudes like in practice, like, Anytime we we went live, I'm cooking them. Mm -hmm. But you know, politics play uh play its way in like everything up here. So everything. I wasn't uh, fortunate enough to make first or second string. So I was third string, and I was like, man, I'm about to just play basketball. So I ended up quitting the football team, becoming a manager out of the football team and a lacrosse team. And I was making money mm -hmm. uh being a manager. So I was like, all right, I'm just gonna do this. Mm -hmm. Uh so like I would probably say in high school, like. Sports is really all I've known. I get in debates and arguments with my dad um, all the time. So I think I was really like just cut out to, you know, dabble in sports, whether it's a reporter, whether I'm a freaking co-host, a producer, a sports reporter, like on TV, some sports related. So that's what I've been pursuing. Sound like we live in the same life, man. You live, you play lacrosse too? You was just a manager? No, nah, I just I, I was just out there filming. I yeah, was football and lacrosse was the two sports I played in high school. I was about to say, hey, another one, another one. But let's get <laughs> into some Washington Commanders talk. So I know the running joke on the show was that you adopted all the L.A. teams and things like that. But I always thought that was a running joke. So you actually grew up a Washington fan, right? Yeah, I grew up a Washington fan. But I've admired what the L.A. Rams have done with their team. Mm. And uh, from the beginning of the season – They've been my Super Bowl favorite, and they went on to, you know, win the Super Bowl. And Extreme I always thought they, they, they had what it took to win the Super Bowl. Extreme foresight. So, what, so like, I, like I say, this is one of my running jokes when, I, when I'm, like, dating and stuff like that. I tell the girls, I'm like, you know I'm loyal because I've been loyal to the Washington <laughs> Commanders for, for 26 years. So what keeps you being, other than, you know, having to cover the team because you wasn't doing that all your life, what keeps you being a Washington Commander fan? I grew up from here, man, like. Yeah. I'm hey, I'm a diehard. No matter how how bad we are, I'm always going 
you know, root for the home team. When we're when we're uh, good, you know, you're gonna hear me. When we when we suck, I I might be cracking a few jokes, but I'm never gonna like fold on my team. Like that's the everything. Every team in the DC area is my team. Whether it's DC United, the Washington Spirit, the Nationals, the Capitals. Even if I don't really watch your 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 sport in particular, I'm still a fan of yours. Oh yeah, that's why they call you the pride of Southeast. Another thing, I'm from <laughs> Southeast as well. What yes, part sir. of Southeast did you grow up in? Uh, I grew up in Benham Park. Okay, I, uh, I grew up in uh, Hillcrest. I went to school at Oral Minnesota Avenue. So like I said, man, yeah. we live in the same life. We live in the uh-huh. same life. But yeah, I feel the same way, man, just growing up here. And since we're from around near the same area, do you remember? It was like a sense of pride, even though we weren't that good. It was a sense mm-hmm. of pride growing up in like the Sean Taylor era. I used to see so many Washington Redskins at the time, jerseys and stuff like that at the liquor store. You know, growing up, that's all everything. we knew. That's all, that's everything that's around that area. And it seems like just, you know, the fan participation, the fan engagement has just disintegrated. Just speak on that. Cause I know being from the same area, you know the sense of pride we have being Washington Redskins fans from that area. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not sure if it's this new generation of kids that's under us. And maybe that was us when we were kids, but we probably didn't like necessarily see it. Um, because like my brothers, they Cowboys fans, or mm-hmm. one of my brothers, he an Eagles fan. Um, but like just seeing like the the adults, I guess, like the 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 aunts and uncles and things of that nature, they always rep Washington DC no matter what. Yes. But also they grew they grew up during those glory days. So mm-hmm. I think it hits harder or hits home for them um because they actually were alive to see. Washington Redskins win Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. We haven't necessarily seen that in our 25, 26 years on this earth. So I understand why some people have, you know, parted ways and become fans of other teams. But um, I guess it started I, when we were younger because mm-hmm. our brothers, our cousins, they grew up rooting for other teams, not necessarily mm-hmm. the Washington uh, Redskins or the Commanders. No, nah, for sure, for sure. So we've been talking about 20 years ago and things like that. So let me ask you, what do you think went wrong with the 2021 Washington football team at the time? Last year, um, definitely inconsistent quarterback play. I, you got to start there. Um, we've been on this quarterback carousel ever since uh, Kirk Cousins. Well, we didn't re-sign Kirk Cousins. Um, and if you know, listening to uh, – the the team 980 you know i'm a big kirk cousins fan and it's not necessarily it's not necessarily i think kirk cousins would have got us to the super bowl but i just think we would just have more stability at the position and as long as you can you know put talent around that uh that average qb if you want to you know call them um i think we would we would have been able to compete we wouldn't necessarily be having losing season after losing season and things of that nature so definitely got to start off with the qb play we brought in ryan fitzpatrick to you know Help us in a stint, in a sense, at that uh that position. He got hurt, so Taylor Heineke was forced to play. And you know, in my eyes, he's a viable uh backup. That that's what he is. That's what he's sure. probably always going to be. Um, so I would say inconsistent quarterback play. The defense, um, Chase Young, Montez Sweat. That defensive line that has so many high expectations, um, placed upon them, and they sort of let us down. Um, but it's not all also all their fault. I will also blame Jack Del Rio. I think he got complacent um, off of the 2020 success that the defense had mm-hmm. and just relying on that front four to, you know, apply all the pressure. Now you got to be able to switch it up. And he failed to, you know, make changes, make adjustments, little things like moving landing columns from safety to uh, to box linebacker or, um, you know, shuffling the D line, 
sending different blisses, things of that nature. Um, I think he just struggled to make those adjustments. So I would definitely say QB one, defense two, and then um, three injuries, COVID. I feel like mm-hmm. after the beginning to the season, uh, we had we had like a nice four game win streak, but then those injuries, those uh, the COVID outbreak that definitely derailed us, and uh, and ultimately like hurt our chance to you know make a playoff push. So I wouldn't necessarily say those three things were a big reason um, we had a not so successful uh, 2021 season. Definitely. And I agree with all the points as well. I think that we were fooling ourselves, even from the jump, thinking that a guy like Ryan Fitzpatrick was going to take us to the promised land. Like, yeah, he, he has, he has his games, but this is a guy who is a journeyman throughout his, you know, what, 14 year career. So, I mean, mm-hmm. he's, he's shown you his track record, no matter what you wanted to believe, he's shown you his track record. And I also think that not only us as fans fooled ourselves, but I think the team fooled itself as well. I honestly think that we thought that we were going to be playing with a lead a lot this season. And we thought we were going to be able to pin his ears back and just rush the pass. Like you said, sending them four and, you know, playing with a lead. But we barely played with a lead throughout the season. So if the team philosophy isn't matching, and you, you saw it. You saw it. You saw how it played out. But COVID and injuries and things like that, I don't want to make excuses because everybody did have it. But we were we were ravaged. But we were ravaged by it. It, it was crazy. That that the start February, I want to say like three straight weeks, we just derailed by COVID outbreak, COVID outbreak, COVID outbreak. Like one week was D line, the next week uh, offensive players, the following week maybe some coaches. Like it, it just didn't make sense. The math was not mathing. And also, people failed to realize we had a tough schedule last year. We had yeah, some tough teams to, um, to face. And to put all of our divisional games at the end of the, the season also hurt um, because people know how tough divisional games are. Um, so you already have a tough regular season. Then you got to face your entire division at the end of the season. That's an uphill battle. That's an uphill battle for sure. So let's leave that in the past. That's going on with the, with the Washington football team. We're going to leave that there. <laughs> Tell me how you feel about this 2022 offseason, you know, bringing in Carson Wentz. It ain't really much to talk about free agency because it seems like we only bringing in Carolina Panther dudes or dudes that know Ron Rivera. But tell me how you feel. I have my thoughts on it. I've expressed my thoughts on previous episodes, but now you had a floor. Let me know how you've been feeling about this offseason. Let's start with Carson Wentz. Let's start with Carson Wentz. <laughs> All right, we can definitely start with Carson Wentz again putting $28 million into a guy that is marginally better than Taylor Heineke did not make the most sense to me. I think they should have, you know, played the the waiting game, allowed those three more, like those three extra days to go by for the coast to release them because they were going to release them. They were not Mm -hmm. going to keep Carson Wentz and take that, uh, that cap hit. So um, they would have had a dead cap hit, but it wouldn't have been as much as Carson Wentz's contract is worth. Um, So I think we fooled ourselves just, um, putting so much money into Carson Wentz because, again, if we had waited, we would have had more cap space. We would have been able to do more. We probably would have been able to bring in uh, an upgrade at safety like a Tyron Matthew or we would have been able to go out there and get another lineman or, I don't know, um, we want to get Bobby uh, Wagner. I, I don't think we would have had the money for him. Absolutely not. But we would have been able to get some other free agent acquisitions. Mm-hmm. Um but instead, you know, we invested so much money in, in Carson. So he's going to have to, you know, live up to that contract. And that's really all I can hope for right now. Um, I dwelled on the past for a long time. Now I've just come around to accepting Carson. That's our quarterback. I got to get with the program. And now I just got to be optimistic that, you know, he has a connection with Terry McLaurin. He hasn't had a true number one in, you know, a very long time. I want to say Deshaun, 
Jackson probably was his last true, like, number one mm-hmm. um, receiver. So it's going to be interesting to see what he does with Terry. We also got some big-body receivers, De'Ami Brown, Cam Sims, Logan Thomas. I think people are really sleeping on Logan Thomas. I think he's going to have a um, another great season to build off the season he had two years ago. Um, but I think those big-body uh, playmakers are going to definitely um, – um, benefit from having Carson at quarterback just because he gives people chances. Like, we're, we're going to have to live and die with the interception that he's going to, you know, throw and force. But I think for the most part, we're going to benefit from those. And I got to ask, because I'm the self-proclaimed, you know, president of the J.D. McKissick Fan Club. Okay. I caught a lot of heat early in the season because I said, and uh, it's probably my most viral tweet. I told people, because, you know, they got this big infatuation with Chris Thompson. I told them in like August, like right after the like the third preseason game, I said JD McKissick is what we we wanted Chris Thompson to be. Like he is. And oh, I caught the most heat for that. Me and Travis actually talked about that. So tell me what you think about that whole JD McKissick Buffalo saga. Uh I was glad that JD, you know, hit them with a uh a, a, a U-turn. Um mm-hmm. br- bringing him back and just the 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 impact he had on our offense. I think it's going to be weird though, um, bringing him back just because Carson Wentz doesn't really throw to the check down. So I, I'm curious to see uh, how that's going to play out, but him as a talent and not being able to, or not having to spend too much money on him. Um, I think that was a, a huge benefit for us. You know, we get him for two years. Uh, what is it? His contract's worth up to eight million or seven million, something, something along those lines. I think it's seven um, and a half. It could go up to eight, I think. I, yeah. So getting him on the cheap um, was was huge, and just seeing what he did for our uh, our offense. Also, if Antonio Gibson struggles again like he did last year with holding on to the ball, we know that we have a trusted um, backup in JD McKissick. And also, I want to see some. Uh, some um some Patterson um Patterson get some carries and I saw you with him actually earlier today. Yeah, I was that man. That's family. Was, that's family. Oh, that's real? Family. Yeah, that's my guy. Uh, he actually is like one of my brother's best friends. So I actually like raised them. Not I had to raise them, but they used to come over the house, eat up all my snacks and stuff like that. Yeah, that's family for sure. <laughs> so for everything to come for a circle, yeah, today was a crazy day, definitely. Um, but are you into the draft? Are you looking at these college prospects? Um, how heavy are you into college football and things like that? Do you know about these prospects coming up? Yeah, I know about them. Um, in terms of like where Washington should be looking, you're hey, I'm all in on a uh, I'm a knees type of guy when it comes to uh, the draft. So right now we got our quarterback. That was, you know, priority number one heading into the offseason. Priority number two linebacker i am all in on getting a kobe dean or devin lloyd and at 11 at 11 at 11 okay okay at 11 and hear me out all right so getting a linebacker yes we got jamin and that's why people are upset about you know wanting to get a linebacker because we took one last year but my thing is even though we did draft a linebacker last year, we need a Mike linebacker. We, we're going to keep on trying to go on plug and play. There are not that many very good middle linebackers not. in the league. We struggle finding those around the league. The last really good one here in Washington was London, London Fletcher. Fletcher. And it's hard to play linebacker one. in the league, especially with like RPOs and things like that. Exactly. So just having Nicobe Dean or Devin Lloyd, whoever, whichever one we would get, that would be beneficial because not only do we have a young uh, defensive line, but we also have a young linebacker goal. We mm-hmm. have Jamie, we have uh, whatever rookie we might draft, and Cole Holcomb is also young. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. on our back end, we have, you know, some people with some experience, which is good because, all right, they worked together last year. They built some chemistry. And towards the end of the season, they started to play well. So as long as we get that front seven, you know, working together as a unit, I think it could be good for years to go down the road. That's that's my vision. I'm thinking, you know, the future. I'm not thinking like just right now. I'm thinking the future, what could be from now. I wouldn't be mad at a linebacker. And and like I've said on this on the podcast before, and this might be heavy, but I think that it was coaching malpractice trying to force Jamin Davis to be a, a Mike linebacker last year. If you looked at his film from Kentucky, because we actually mocked him to Washington before the draft, so we were really keen on him. He wasn't a downhill player. He's a running chase guy. And that's not mm-hmm. a guy that you put in the middle of the defense, because guess what? He's going to be running away from blockers and leaving holes wide open like he was doing exactly. all season. Um, he's a will linebacker. He's good in coverage. And, yeah, I, I wouldn't be mad at a linebacker. I'm looking more, more at a second round, like a guy like um, Christian Wilkins or Chad Muma. I'm not mad at that. Um, but I'm actually – I hear a lot of people in the Washington commander community leaning wide receiver. And while we're probably the hardest critic on De'Ami Brown, I'm not necessarily, like you said, I'm a needs guy. And I don't necessarily think that's our biggest need in the first round with, you know, the talent. I don't think there's going to be a huge dip off in the, you know, from, you know, the late, the well, pick 11 to pick 47 if you do go that route in the second round. So I'm looking at a guy like Derek Stingley Jr. who blew up his combine coming off of Lisbon. Oh, uh, pro day. You, don't like, you don't like my man Stingley? Now, I love Stingle. I he I think he's an exceptional talent, but I'm not willing to put all my chips in that basket just because the last two years he's been hurt, off man. the field. Yeah, like man. we bring in a guy that has struggled to you know play the last two years. Granted, his freshman year he was lights out, all American, the greatest uh, freshman tape second. I've seen. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, we bring him here, he gets hurt. You know the fan base is going to go crazy. But also we skip out on the talent. Then you he know everybody somewhere like, else. What if? What if? What if? So I think um it's a um low risk high reward high reward type of um situation, but at the same time I'm not willing to take a chance on like none of those guys that's like really coming off uh, injuries. They scare me, man. I hey, I get scared hey, when I when I hear people coming off injuries. I, ain't I feel it. I feel it. And I guess we just risk takers over here bleeding B and D. But hear me out. He allows you to play more man with like your highest investment that you've had in free agency in William Jackson. You haven't really made any big splashes this year. And he allows you to play more man because honestly, I think I'm faster than Kevin Fuller at this point. Like, like Kendall Fuller is so washed up. He's still a decent player because he's smart and has instincts and stuff, but the physical limitations don't allow you to play man. Like William Jackson want to play all day. He wants to play that. He wants to put his face mask in his chest. So to hear you say that, um, I, I, I like it. I like it. Um, I wouldn't be opposed to, I see everybody thinking if they go defense, I, I, we're rioting. We're rioting. So let's say they do go wide receiver. Is there any wide receiver that you wouldn't mind seeing them take at 11? Uh, Garrett Wilson, I love. Mm-hmm. I think he's I, – I I like him the most. I think he's better than Chris Olave. Um, yeah, if you looked at how, look how Ohio State used Olave last year, yes, his running – his route running is elite. Like, he is – elite when it comes to route running but a lot of his stuff is like down the field i think garrett wilson you can do you know uh end around you can just i think he's more versatile in the uh, the manner in which you can uh you can use him and you know ron rivera and um scott turner they like guys with position flex mm-hmm. so i think um being able to uh, bring garrett wilson in, he, he's like a hold on. he's like a um he's like a curtis samuel type of guy like mm-hmm. i think but he probably has better route running when it comes to um 
when it comes to actually making plays and things of that nature. Absolutely. That's all wide receiver one. You know, he's a guy that can beat you all three ways. I actually think he has a lot of like OBJ, OBJ type traits, like the exactly. the agility exactly. might not be the most refined route runner, but he can get there because he's so sudden and mm-hmm. things like that. I, that he's a natural talent. That's all wide receiver one. So that's great minds thinking alike again. All right, so before we let you head out, I'm going to ask you about the Washington, your prospects for the 2022 Washington season, and then I'm going to hit you with some quick hitters. But what do you think is going to happen? What do you think Washington's record is going to look like? The schedule is a little easier in 2022. What do you think we're going to do with Carson Wentz leading the helm? Leading the helm, we went 7-9 last year. Um, to be honest, I think Carson is about two or three games better than Heineke. Mm-hmm. So probably on the high side, I would probably say we win 10 games. We go 10 and 7. Low side, we go 9 and 8. People sleeping on the, uh, the NFC East, man. I think that NFC East is going to be super competitive. So I'm not putting us past, like, anybody in NFC East. Um, but, yeah, outside of our division, we do have an easier little record. So, I mean, an easier schedule. So I would probably say on record, 9 and 8. Okay. Okay. And I, I, lie. I got one more question before these quick hitters. What you uh, think about this Terry McLaurin scenario, man? Or this Terry McLaurin sagging? Like, people are people are freaking out. I was one of them freaking out. So I'm like, why haven't we re-signed Terry? But then when I looked at the landscape of the NFL, nobody in the 2019, um, you know, draft pass has been re-signed. And I don't think Terry's in a rush because he's looking to see us. Why, why should I sign with you guys? So what you think about this Terry McLaurin contract extension situation? Terry has all the leverage in the world. All the leverage. <laughs> Again, Terry can really wait and until this season is over just to see how Washington's QB um, situation looks. So Terry came in three years ago. He's had Alex Smith. He's had Colt McCoy. He's had Dwayne Haskins. He's had Kyle Allen. He's had Taylor Heineke, Ryan Fitzpatrick, um, Garrett Gilbert. He's had too many quarterbacks to name, and I probably left off some. Um, So he's probably, you know, upset or, you know, he doesn't necessarily like the quarterback and situation here in Washington. If he doesn't like it at the end of the season, he can awesomely walk. He can go get paid elsewhere. And, you know, that market for him is going to be through the roof. So I think he has a ton of leverage. I do think, however, Washington will get a deal done, maybe sometimes towards like the middle of the summer. I think I've seen J.P. Uh, Finley um, tweet something along the lines. They might be working out a deal uh, come the summertime. But I think he's going to wait, and um, he's going to get that deal. And if I'm Washington, I re- I try do, to do everything in my power to re-sign him before the season started because guess what? I'm not the most confident in Carson Wentz. So I don't think not having Terry not sign here in Washington is, is in our best interest because he's going to have all the say-so to do whatever he wants if he's uh, to go to the free agent market next year. I agree. And if you were to sign, Terry, what would them numbers look like? If you were to sign, if you were the GM of Washington, let's put yourself in what? Brian Rivera, Marty Herney shoes. If you were the GM of Washington, what would you sign Terry to? I'm looking at like a four-year, 90, 90, $96 million. That gives him about $24 million per year. And I don't think he's saying no to, no to any – I don't think he's saying yes to anything under that. So how about you? I just seen Stefan Diggs get paid that. So I'm, you know, ballparking that same area, 24 24- – 23, 24, 25, some, something along those lines, um, just to ensure that uh, he's going to stay here and give him a nice signing bonus as well. Absolutely. I agree 100%. All right, so for these quick hitters, we're actually going to start with the guy 
Oop, the guy that we previously mentioned, Terry McLaurin. So finish this sentence. Terry McLaurin is a top blank receiver in the NFL. Terry McLaurin is a top 15 receiver in the top half of the league. That's a little spicy. I think that might be a little low. But it's, 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 it's like two receivers right per team. Huh? So you think it's low? I mean, if we were to really, I would give him around the twelve to fifteen range. The twelve. Yeah, that's what I said. That's what I mean. I only said top fifteen because I, I don't know it. if he's like number eleven. I don't mm-hmm. know if he's number twelve. I got so you. I just said I. I love Terry. I don't think he's top ten right now. I don't <laughs> for sure, for, he need he need a quarterback to allow him to be. Yep, top 10. exactly. Mm-hmm. He get I the agree. quarterback. I promise you, he's gonna be top six, top I five. Agree. Like he's gonna be up there. Definitely. All right. Chase Young will have blank amount of sacks next season because he's coming off a disappointing year towards mm-hmm. ACL pretty late in the year. I think it was week 10. So we don't know mm-hmm. how he's going to necessarily mm-hmm. come back. So Chase Young has, is going to have a blank amount of sacks next year. 10. 10. Okay. All right. Uh, well, I'm I'm thinking at least double digits. So Gotta 10 be. is the bare minimum. Got to be to live up to the minimum. height. Got to exactly. be. I mean, we, we call this dude a generational talent, and he had a, you know, a Terrible sophomore season. He had an outstanding freshman year. But if we're going to call you a generational talent, even coming off your injury, you have to live up to, you know, that status. And he hasn't necessarily lived up to it. So we need to see him double digit at least. Definitely. Jamin Davis will have a bounce back year in 2022. Yes or no? Yes. Carson Wentz will throw for how many touchdowns in 2022? Carson Wentz will throw for 30 touchdowns this year. Okay, okay, so right around his total touchdown production that he had at Indy, not mad at it. And last but not least, if the draft were today, who do you see Washington taking? Your final pick, you were turning in that card to the podium. Who is your pick for Washington at number 11? Your number one pick? N'Kobe Dean. N'Kobe Dean, University of Georgia. I'm not mad at it. You hard on this linebacker stance, I'm not mad at it, because we do need it. Big knees guy, big knees guy. I am, I am indeed. Big knees guys see. Hey, man, so that's – go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I ain't going to lie, though. When you was talking about Derek Stingley, say we do draft Derek Stingley, Stingley and we want to go man. Where does St. Juice fit in? Is is he not in the rotation? Did we waste a, a third-round pick on, on Juice? So I actually think that Juice can play man. Like, he has the physical capabilities. I think in that scenario – you would kick Juice outside, and then you'll have to figure out who's playing in the slot between Stingley and William Jackson. It'll probably be Stingley, but I've seen William Jackson travel with a guy like Antonio Brown in the slot before, so I know he can play it. I know Ron and them want a physical guy up there in that nickel, Buffalo nickel position, but, man, it's, you got to worry about covering these receivers at this point. Like, mm-hmm. when offense is putting up 30, 40 points a game. I ain't worried about stopping the run as much as I'm worried about strapping down these receivers. Mm, okay. Yeah, yeah, but I think Juice can play, man. We saw him actually. I was at training camp in Richmond last year, and he was. I'm not going to say he he won his battles with Terry, but he was getting his fair share. He was getting fair <laughs> share. That's why I was kind of disappointed with his season. But I know a lot of that was contributed to injuries and things like yeah. that. That concussion. Yeah. He had a concussion like every two weeks. It was it was getting That's crazy. Problem with that concussion problem, man. Yeah, yeah, that that might be something to monitor for sure. But, hey, man, I appreciate you for your time. Thank you so much. This is an amazing interview. Is there anything that you want to let our fans know? Is there anything you want to plug? Um, anything we should be looking out for? Like you said, are you, about to, you ready to get back on them airwaves? Is there anything that we should be looking out for regarding Mr. Anthony Haney? 
Uh, you can definitely follow me on Twitter, Anthony Haney3. Uh, Haney is spelled H-A-Y-N-I-E. Um, yeah, like definitely uh, tune into uh, anything Team 980. Um, catch us on your airwaves, 980 AM radio, um, 9 to 12. And um, yeah, I'm definitely making my return, man. Like th- th- this past week, I, w- I was relatively quiet, but uh, I talked to the powers that be, so expect to hear me. Definitely. And I'll be looking out for it, man. I appreciate you for this time. Thank you guys for tuning in to another five episode of the Bleeding BNG podcast. We'll be back with more content. Check us out. Check us out on YouTube. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Check us out on all podcast platforms. Peace.